Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the show continues as we are all set in New Orleans this hour, like the last. Sorry, pre-recorded. We got to tell you that just so you know. But it's fresh content. It's all new. It's all good. We had to drive, man. You need a travel day. New Orleans isn't right next door. It's a weighty six-hour trek. So anyhow, we're uh, we're there now and we're enjoying it. And Matt Muscona will join us. He uh, hosts upon further review. Also. Radio show 104.5 there in Baton Rouge, all things LSU throughout the state, and also the Saints for that matter. He's your guy. He'll join us. He joined us a couple weeks ago. Had a good conversation with with him. We'll talk to him again uh, next segment, in fact, uh, to get a little bit of an update, right? A little bit of an update. So listen up really quick. Like and subscribe if you're watching on Warchant TV. Thanks so much if you're listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. We do appreciate it. Also want to remind folks, I don't want to say we're running out of time, but I do think time is of the essence for you to sign up for just a dollar, just a dollar. It is, it's, it's not a permanent thing that on three and Warchant are doing where you can get it for a dollar. It's not Uh, at some point that, that, that entry price is going to go up. um, You know, given that it's a dollar, it'll go up significantly, even if it's just $10. But the point would be you want to get it for a buck. Why wouldn't you? It's an annual for a buck. Calling all FSU fans right here, right now to action. Make it happen. Get signed up. Get the best in the business. That's what we are. You've got the Jeff Cameron Show every day. You've got Wake Up War Chant. You've got Seminole Headline. You've got the pregame show that Tom and I do. You've got the in-game show that Tom and Aslan and Dominic Robinson, our lead analyst, does. A watch along. So good. Post-game, Gene and, and, uh, and Tom. And then, of course, all of the articles, all the write-ups on a daily basis, all of the interviews, everything that we could possibly offer. We got a lot of it. Michael Langston uh, as well, of course, a recruiting uh, expert for us, and, and, and you get all that information as well. And then you get your Knoll community. Everybody comes together, and uh, we can hyper-focus on what is a pivotal season. Let's do that together on three, $1, one-year, warchant.com. Now, Tom. We'll get all these promotions out of the way because there's a lot, and we want everybody to be educated. If you would, lay bare the Saturday plan, and there it is. War Chant, Noah, meet and greet. We will be at the Howlin' Wolf. That is right, the Howlin' Wolf and the Den, if you will. The Howlin' Wolf and Den, Saturday, September the 3rd. That is tomorrow. We will be there from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., 907 South Peter Street, Football will be on the TVs. Yes. Somebody asked me earlier this week, can we get the Georgia game while we're there? Yes. We'll be watching football just like you. We're not going to a place where we can't see the games. No, no. We're getting together with you guys. We're celebrating this trek to New Orleans, this fun time, this great matchup against LSU. But we're doing it by 
embracing college football. So we'll be there. War Chant staff and, and all of you, we look forward to seeing you. Let's just have a cold one together and talk some football, shall we? That's 2 to 5. And then, once again, pregame show begins at 6.30. Watch along at 7.30. Postgame show here from the War Chant crew uh, happens just after the game, around 10 to 15 minutes after the contest is over. Uh, we are WarChant.com, your ultimate Seminole sports source. Sign up today for just a dollar. Exhale. There it is, all laid bare. We thank our partners, our sponsors, and all of you. I wanted to make sure everybody had a good handle on what we're doing, and it's just a, there's just a lot going on, man. Just a lot going on. Uh, I would also note, if you haven't jumped on the prize picks yet, guys, I mean, what are we doing? You know how much money I made you last year. If you just <laughs> listen to the campster, we were rolling. We were rolling. And one guy got mad at me. Because he didn't listen to my picks and he failed miserably and now he thinks I owe money. But that's not the way it works. you got to bet responsibly. you got to know what you're doing. That's the way it works. If you can't handle it, run run from the kitchen, kids. Yeah, it's part of the week that I had forgotten about. Not because I wasn't successful. I, too, did quite well with prize picks, especially with ACC football last year. Mm. Uh, Because, you know, you break these teams down enough and then, yeah, maybe Louisville goes on their merry way after they beat you and and you go 0-4. But you learn a couple of things. And so in November, you might find something that says, oh, they only think Malik Cunningham's going to go for this many rush yards or this many passing yards. Well, they're playing that Syracuse defense. No, let's let's play with these numbers, with the Atlantic, with the ACC. We're going to learn more about LSU. It's a fun time in the week when they release those games. It's usually around Thursday or so that you get the full slate, sometimes on Wednesday. Uh, but those numbers are always fun. And they're over-under games. What's more fun in gambling, I think, than setting over-under numbers in your head, looking at the Vegas lines, and then deciding, no way, no way. Florida State and LSU aren't going to combine for 65 points. That thing's going to be down around 45, and then you see Vegas is 51 and a half. Those are fun exercises, and that's what it's all about at Prize Picks. so it gets fun. You know, I also think, for example, so Tom... I haven't done this yet uh, today, and I will uh, get after it for the weekend. You and I are in New Orleans, so maybe I have done it today. But Bo Nix's number is 185 and a half yards throwing against Georgia. I know you saw that. What do you think? This is a little example of the fun you can have on prize picks. And use the promo code, please, WarChant. Promo code WarChant. It's good for us. It's good for you. There'll be a 100% deposit match, so you're going to want to do that. Uh, anyhow, well, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on that. So, that Georgia-Oregon game is interesting. Here's why. I, You know I'm not a fan of Bo Nix. I don't think he's very good. Now, he's also like 52 years old, so he's been playing football forever. I think if he avoids the turnover, Oregon's offensive line and defensive line is quite talented. Frankly, they've, they've got players. They're, they're not devoid of players at Oregon. Their NIL deals have been robust before NIL existed. So what I would tell you is that Oregon's got the hosses, as you saw when they went on the road and beat Ohio State last year, to hang in this game. I really believe that. Now, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they can score enough to win. But that's why a number like Bo Nix's passing yardage number is so fascinating if he's checked down Charlie, can he get to 160? Can he get to 170? Can he get to 185? Well, it's 185 and a half is the question. Yeah, I think a blowout is your friend in this particular situation if it's uh, if you're looking at the over. Because if George is up by 17 points early in the fourth quarter, then they're going to play soft and you might get free at 50 free yards 
from one drive with Bo, and that might push him from, say, a buck 25 to a buck 75. Then you're looking at the clock and saying, all right, one more possession. Come on, Bo. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you find yourself, it's, you know, uh, what would it be? 6.30, 7 o'clock on the East Coast, uh, local time one hour earlier for us in New Orleans. Tom, Jeff, why are you watching this game? It's not even close. Hang on. Hang on. If Bo gets two more first downs, because, you know, first and 10, they run the ball because they're trying to get out of dodge. All right, stuff to the line. Second and 10, stuff to the line. Third and nine, you're going, all right, Bo, you have to throw the ball now. You got to make this throw. Got to make this throw, baby. That's a walk-on linebacker that's in, Bo. You can beat a walk-on linebacker. I put up my picks yesterday uh, that I played as we introduced and rolled out prize picks for the fall again. And I will tell you that the Drake May pick was – it was the replacement of a Bo Nix pick, which I find interesting that you bring that up because I had Bo Nix at, uh, I think it was 10 and a half rushing yards. Mm. Is where he is. I think it's I'm going to go over. I did two until I pulled it back and said, the sack yardage thing is just such a killer. And if Georgia, you know, registers six or seven sacks on Bo, that's 30 yards, maybe 40 yards. And yeah, that's a good point. Where are you at? And if Oregon is losing late, Bo's not going to run. They're just going to chuck the ball around and run it into the middle line of scrimmage. But I, I almost had the over there. And that's funny because, we, as our old friend Joey would tell us, tell the story of the game. And that's what prize picks is all about as well. You're trying to craft a way that you think a game goes from start to finish. And big-time players, or in Bo Nix's case, a starting quarterback who's not a big-time player at all, is going to help you tell that story. Uh, for me, Bo Nix, I think, is an over on the passing yards and an under on the rushing yards. Let me ask you a question as I pivot back to Florida State and LSU. And in a moment, you'll hear from Matt Moscona, who covers LSU and really the entirety of college fo- football in a similar sense. Like we, we cover Florida State primarily, but we talk about the football as a whole, both the NFL, college football. Of course, you got to do that. It's a sports talk show. And we want to uh, keep from beating our head against the wall with the same subject every day. And Matt is really good at doing those things as well. Um, I know that one of the things that uh, we've talked about in the past, he and I, um, and I think this is a pretty good formula, and I'm just picking your brain. Here we are a couple days before the game. When there's an even matchup, when you think that the two teams are pretty well matched up and it's hard to get a handle, on where to go with the number, the total, any of that stuff. Um, do you, you probably boil it down to a few factors. Uh, you know, if you're trying to come to a conclusion because you have to, right? You just, you want to know. And I think in sort of games that are decided by or the point spread is three or less, and it is for this game, that one formula is to say quarterback, Coach, venue, those three things, and then make your decision based on it. And I was thinking about that today, basically when I got up because I was nervous and I'm, I'm excited about the game. And I would beat myself up in the brain there for a moment with this idea that LSU is going to do this, this, and this. And then I would, in my argument in my head, retort, from the FSU side and say, oh, no, 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 hold on now. And then I would come back with the FSU side of things. And invariably, inevitably, I should say, I ended up with a whole bunch of stalemating where I just struggled. And then I remembered that old axiom. You know, I kind of went back to it, which was 
when I used to do this between two teams that I didn't have a handle on or didn't have a passion for and just was indifferent trying to make a bet, I went quarterback, coach, venue. Would you say two of those three things favor LSU in this game? Because I don't think quarterback does. Uh, quarterback favors FSU. No, I would say two of those three things favor Florida State. And I would say it might be, let's do it like a Ryder Cup format. It would be one full point and two half points. And okay. so therefore, two out of three to Florida State. And here's why. Brian Kelly is a superior coach with his bona fides than Mike Norvell to Mike Norvell. We know that. Mike is on the way up, but he's brand new. So his process and his way of doing things will be different in November. It will have set in more in November than it will in this game. So that negates a little bit. So the advantage is negated, you think? Correct. And I also think for this venue, while I understand that it's in uh, LSU's backyard, you're talking about between 30 and 35,000 Florida State fans, give or take how many unloaded their tickets on the secondary market to LSU fans, right? Then there's also the corporate presence of people that are in and around New Orleans that are going to be at this football game. So this is a bowl game atmosphere that tilts LSU. Very different than an outright home game up in Death Valley. So to me, that's also a .5. And then you've got a quarterback controversy, I think, in LSU. They're going to start Daniels is, is what I think. I agree with what Lee Sterling said. But I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if this is a two-quarterback system. So you've got that mess on your hands, and then you got Jordan Travis with the continuity of the offense. So if you had those as three points, I would go 1.0 in the quarterback for FSU, a split, and a split. So FSU with a 2-1 advantage in that particular three-category formula. I suspected that would be the route that you went because I think if we're just not – if we're not incorporating all the factors to an early season game, then it is kind of – easy to declare an advantage for LSU mm-hmm. coach and venue, but it's, it's fair to say first game, new system, new team, uh, new beginnings for Brian Kelly. And it's fair to say that the de facto home game that it should be for LSU is mitigated by somewhat of a sterile environment, environment, a corporate environment that occurs at all of these preseason yeah. sort of kickoff, uh, you know, made for television events. And then secondarily uh, the tickets were distributed evenly. Yeah, and I, I get it, and I know that we got to get uh, on and get going for Matt Moscona, but those atmospheres are really fun and rowdy, too. I think it, it's going to be akin to the 2010 Chick-fil-A Bowl when we were playing South Carolina. That was rowdy as hell, but it was pretty evenly split down the middle. So one half of the stadium would go nuts, and the other would fall silent and, and vice versa. Again, I think it might be 60-40 LSU, but if you're giving me the choice of that venue with that uh, equation – Versus going up to Baton Rouge on a Saturday. Woo! Oh, yeah. No, that'd be a problem. This is, yeah. a, this is a huge difference, a massive difference. Very big difference. That's fair. And in that way, I'm happy that it's in New Orleans because normally I'm a home-and-home guy. I don't care about these uh, random cities that don't represent the universities. I want those games to be on the campuses of the universities. In this case, we're not fully recovered from our absence from big-time college football over the last five years, uh, I don't feel equipped to mosey on in as we did to Death Valley at Clemson in 2013 and flex before a game kicks off. We're not there yet. Let's just neutral side's good, Tom. Neutral side's good. Matt Moscona going to join us next. We'll talk FSU, LSU. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network.
Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Straight from the fire down below. Jeff Cameron show. It's time to welcome our friend Matt Moscona. Of course, he's the host after further review. Weekdays, 3 to 6 Central Time there. ESPN, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. You'll find him all over the internet, and he's here with us today, and we appreciate that. Matt, how are you, man? Hey, Jeff. I'm great, man. Great to chat again. It is great to chat again. Uh, I wanted to get a quick update from you just regarding, obviously, the final preparations since we last talked. Uh, Brian Kelly decided, obviously, to hold off on announcing the starting quarterback. That's not that unusual. Uh, but your thoughts about the depth chart, as we've seen in some of it posted or speculated on, and any surprises, anything to take note of as we head into this game? Uh, I think both of us think it's going to be a game. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I remember our conversation last time that you know both defensive lines have an awful lot of success. So we kind of turn our attentions at that point to some other areas, including special teams and also these two quarterbacks, but uh, I guess big picture stuff, Matt, I'll ask you to go wherever you'd like. Yeah, I think for LSU, they had, they had a really good camp. Maybe most notably is that they, they stayed healthy. Uh, They have not had any significant injury, which is rare. And Brian Kelly talked about, you know, not only lauding the, um, the nutrition staff, the strength and training staff, their medical staff, but uh, just the way that they approached um, practice in this camp. So LSU is a, is a very healthy team. Um, I think, you know, like our conversation where we talked about, I think the strength for both teams, defensive line, offensive line, and I believe the place kicking duties are going to be the biggest questions for LSU. Everyone wants to focus on quarterback, but this LSU offensive line, you've got five new starters in different spots. You've got a lot of guys who have played before and played at different places, but five guys who were not in the spot they were in a year ago next to the players they were not next to a year ago um, that that should be a little anxiety inducing if you're LSU, and um, also notably, guys, they're not going to have John Emery. Uh, you know, it was a former five-star running back who is going to uh, miss the first two games of the season due to a continuation of an academic suspension from a year ago. Is Noah Kane going to get the bulk of the carries here? Yeah, I, look, I would think Noah Kane. They're going to run three guys, and I believe they're all going to play. It's going to be Noah Kane, who's the Penn State transfer, um, who has honestly, Jeff, looked really good. I, I don't know that there was a, a great discernible difference between he and John Emery throughout all the practices we saw. And oddly, Brian Kelly opened practice. Like we got we got to watch a three or four full practices, uh, including scrimmage sessions, which is bizarre in the modern age of college football, but uh, very much appreciated. But Kane, uh, there's a sophomore, Armani Goodwin, who you're going to see as well. He's bulked up. He's 5'8", but he's about 200 pounds, kind of like a little bowling ball. And um, uh, and there's a former walk-on, Josh Williams, who you'll probably see get some run as well. So they're they're going to rotate all three of those guys. But I, I really believe, Jeff, if, if Jaden Daniels is the guy like we assume he's going to be, he's probably going to have to make plays with his feet. And and I wouldn't be honestly would not be surprised if Jaden Daniels was LSU's leading rusher in this ballgame. 
It's an interesting uh, dilemma that I think both offensive lines will find themselves in with the strengths of these two teams being the defensive line and both quarterbacks being mobile. I, I think it's an interesting situation for Jordan Travis, too, an opportunity for him because I think for Florida State fans and really any national pundits watching, I don't know that either one of these quarterbacks are trusted all that much, at least by the outside perceptions. And really, quite frankly, neither have earned that trust that, that we that I've seen. And to me, I think it does come down to the quarterbacks. This is where LSU would have an advantage, though, because of who they're throwing to. Uh, everybody knows about Kayshawn Boutte, but talk about the rest of this receiving core, which I said the last time we talked, I think could very well be the best, if not the best, uh, outside of Alabama, maybe the second best in the SEC. It it might be right there rivaling Ohio State with the best in the country. Mm. It's, it is undeniably the strength of, of this team. It, look, Kayshawn, Kayshawn Booty is – there's a reason he's on everybody's mock draft as a top – you know, one of, maybe the top receiver taken in the draft. Uh, for a little bit of perspective, Jeff, last week, when, if you watch that Nebraska-Northwestern game, Trey Palmer was the most targeted receiver in that ballgame for Nebraska. He, he transferred to Nebraska from LSU this past offseason. You know, Mark Whipple, the Nebraska offensive coordinator, was at Pitt last year where they had Jordan Addison, who, of course, won the Blitnikoff. Mark Whipple compared Trey Palmer to Jordan Addison. They have just stockpiled talent there. Uh, Malik Neighbors is a guy who wears number eight. He's he they've moved him into the slot and he is an explosive cat. Um, Jack Besh got a lot of run last year as a freshman. Uh, Jare Jenkins is a senior who's back as well, big body receiver. They got former four and five star guys like Brian Thomas and Chris Hilton that are just looking for ways to get on the field. Uh, that that is as if if defensive line is LSU's strength on the, on the defensive side, wide receiver undeniably is the strength on the entire team. The question is, do they have a quarterback that can get to the ball? And can the offensive line give the quarterback time to get them the ball? Is there any one thing beyond the offensive line that you alluded to earlier that if you are looking at it from the other side and you think that Florida State could take advantage of, for our listeners, I'm kind of curious what you think that is. I know you're worried about, or you've mentioned that LSU fans are certainly worried about, maybe maybe worried's not the right word, just don't know what they're going to get out of special teams. Is there another area? Because I look at the secondary and I say there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of football, yeah. but not together. That's that's fair. So LSU a year ago, their top three corners obviously were Derek Stingley, who's now in the NFL, Elias Ricks, who's at Alabama, and Dwight McLaughlin, who is now at Arkansas. And Cordell Plott was their nickel. He's also in the NFL. Now they've got their two starting safeties back with Major Burns and Jay Ward. So they're they're really good, deep, and talented at safety. Corner is a giant question. Like you mentioned, you, you've got – I mean, like I can run through names, but your Jarrett Bernard Converse was all Big 12 at Oklahoma State last year. He started 47 consecutive games in the Big 12. But this will be his first taste at LSU. Uh, Makai Gardner is a big, lo big-bodied, long cornerback who transferred in from Nichols. They like him a lot. Um, they got a, 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 a McNeese transfer named uh, Colby Richardson, who put on about 20 pounds. And they think he's a great athlete and really can run. They've got a, all of their corners that they're going to play are either fifth or sixth-year guys. So veteran guys, a lot of experience, but none of them are as talented as the guys that were here a year ago. I'm kind of curious, Matt. I'll be there, obviously, covering this game. I always enjoy interacting with LSU fans. I've done it in baseball, done it out in the College World Series, and I've done it for football. This is a great fan base. It's one of the best in all of sports because of the embracing of the moment, of the food, the culture, the music, everything, the passion, obviously. Are LSU fans of the mindset that this is a cakewalk? FSU's been bad. I mean, there's been no way around it. It's been a bad program for the last five years. I bring it up because – Florida State fans listening, making the trip to New Orleans, they're cautiously optimistic that this is a better season uh, in the lane and wait for Florida State. But a lot of it kind of hinges in their mind on 
what does Florida State look like against LSU? My guess, you tell me if I'm wrong, my guess is LSU fans are bullish that it's going to be a much better season because of what you've alluded to. There's a lot of talent. It was a mess last year in the coaching staff, but that seems to be a remedy. LSU fans bullish about the what they think is going to happen on Sunday night? Yeah, Jeff, I guess it kind of depends on on what fans you ask. I mean, listen, you, you that's like any fan base, right? I mean, you could find LSU fans who are going to tell you they think it's going to be 48-17. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a consensus. Um I think what you have with a fan with this LSU fan base right now is I think LSU fans believe LSU will win this game. Probably one to eighty-five, a little more talented team. And you can't underestimate also the the, the venue. Um playing in New LSU's had a ton of success. They've won they're seven and one the last eight games in the Superdome. The only loss was the national championship loss to Alabama. Uh that's gonna be a home game for LSU. So you're going to have a crowd advantage. There's there's a lot there's a lot of reasons that LSU fans think their team will win this game. Um, I, I don't know that I would say cakewalk though, because I, I think this fan base over the last two years has seen its program face some some staunch realities about what it's like to make to maintain that competitive level that LSU's had for 20 years. It's I mean, Jeff, you know this better than me. It's not that dissimilar from Florida State where you had this incredible run for for the better part of two decades. And then, you know, a, maybe a bad coaching hire, a decision here or there, and, and and it gets bumpy and, you know, finding your way back to the top. So uh, I, I think, you know, if you're asking, LSU fans are confident they're going to win the game. But realistically, LSU also, I think, recognizes that there's there's things that are gigantic question marks that are going to provide speed bumps on this season. We mentioned the offensive line. You're replacing every one of your specialists. You have, look, <laughs> you, you brought in more transfer players than any school in America this offseason. You've got nine of your 10 coaches turned over, all your, your your support staff, new strength and conditioning staff for the first time in 20 years. I mean, there's there's a lot of change. It is naive to think that you're just going to, going to catch stride and sprint from jump. So, you know, this season, there's going to be a lot of feeling out in the Brian Kelly era. And and there's going to be some things that go really, really well for this team. And there's probably going to be some head-scratching moments as well. But if you consider coaching, venue, talent, yeah, I think LSU rightfully is favored in this game. But I think also, Jeff, that that I think the spread in this game is fair also because of all the questions. I don't know how you, either fan base can assume that they're just going to go in and, and, and walk in this game. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknowns. I think that's well said, Matt. And uh, I appreciate you lending some insight, shedding some light on what LSU is, LSU is coming out of camp. Obviously, I think LSU is a, a bit of a mystery to a lot of people because that's a team that if it gels and gels quickly, could be the surprise of the West, certainly, and could be a lot better team than they were projected to be in the preseason. And at the same time, how quickly does it happen? Florida State fans are hoping not too quickly. Enjoy the game, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, Matt Moscona. Upon further review, you can hear him there in Baton Rouge, New Orleans as well, throughout the state, obviously, uh, as he is with ESPN in Louisiana and does a great job of covering uh, the Tigers and the Saints and everything else to do with sports. Uh, it's Jeff Cabot Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We'll bring in Michael Langston in just a moment, get uh, an idea on the recruiting impact this game may have uh, for Florida State, obviously, and, and take a look moving forward for their trek over to Louisville following this game. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network.
Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Don't forget, if you're watching, to like and subscribe. And by the way, it's a dollar if you haven't joined. you got to join. we got a massive team. We've got content every day. There you see it on your screen. It's a buck. Warchant.com on three. One dollar for one year. All Seminole fans should be uh, already signed up. But if you haven't, make sure you do so. I'm going to bring on Michael Langston right now, the recruiting guru for Warchant.com. And I do have some questions for him, but he's a part of that massive staff that I was just referencing. So we this is what we do. We just bring in experts left and right all the time, and you can be a part of it for just a dollar. Michael, how are you? Good, sir. Good to be with you again. I'm good. It's one buck, guys. I got a buck in my jeans. There it is. Like one buck, and you're not going to get more out of this one buck than what you get with this stuff. Uh, you know, all the team stuff. I posted some recruiting stuff over the weekend. Just it's every day. There's something on there. So uh, sign up, join us, uh, join us, join the family, guys. So let me ask you this. I'm going to kind of come at this in reverse. I'll get specific to Florida State in a second. But I did see, and I jotted this down because I didn't want to forget to ask you, did I see this right, that Florida and Georgia are now able to host recruits over there in Jacksonville when they play that game? Is that is that right, first of all? And then secondly, if it is, could Florida State host recruits in New Orleans? What about next year in Orlando? Um, I think the rule is you can – you can buy them tickets. The school can buy tickets for the recruits. I don't know about the hosting stuff. I, I, I know FSU cannot host kids in New Orleans. That was made clear to me. I asked about that, ironically, a few weeks ago because I wanted to check. But they can buy tickets for uh, for the recruits and, and give them tickets. So that's okay. what they can do is they can give them tickets. The kids got to get over there themselves. But uh, to my knowledge – they cannot host like host host recruits like they would if they're Dope Campbell Stadium. Got it. And then I was curious, uh, going back to our game this weekend, uh, what what how big is this for Florida State? In the we talk about the need to get off to a good start, and the recruiting timetable changed a while back, and we know that if you get off to a slow start, you may be written off early in the year, no matter what you do on the back end. So for Florida State. Great. They won five of their last seven last year, but it was a little late. They were already written off. In your Mm -hmm. estimation, how big is it on the recruiting trail, this particular game against LSU on a Sunday night? It's massive because it's basically like Monday night football for college football because you're the only uh, you're the main game in town. Everyone else is playing on Saturday. Uh, They probably organized this just for that. So all eyes are going to be on FSU and LSU, and it's massive from a national perspective. Now, from a seasonal perspective, I would say – I would venture to say out of these three games, Louisville game is probably more important because Louisville is your conference. That's kind of – you can get a a notch up as far as what you're doing in the league. But this one is big because this one will move the needle. This will move the needle with recruits. 
you guys like Hakeem Williams as a five-star wide receiver. This will move it with those guys. This will get kids to visit your campus. So from a recruiting spec uh, spectrum, there's nothing bigger than this game outside of whenever you FSU host uh, Clemson and Florida, you know, later in the year. But uh, it could change drastically as far as the way people, way recruits view uh, FSU, but also even more importantly, the in-state recruits who've seen FSU for the last four or five years, they hear the stuff about Coach Norvell. They like everything they're doing, but these kids see FSU every year, so they know what the deal is as far as how the struggles have been for the last four years. So if you put that product on the field and you deliver, I think uh, my phone right here, guys, <laughs> this sucker right here is going to be very busy because dudes are going to be lining up for visits left and right if FSU wins that game. Hey, and I don't want to put you on the spot because you may not know this, and it just occurred to me while we were talking about this, but you might know it. Um, is there a specific player that FSU and Louisville, or maybe multiple players that FSU and, and, and not Louisville, FSU and LSU are, are, are potentially tussling over that have a keen interest in this game? I don't think there's like a particular per se guy with those two schools. I think, I think most of their kids like – you know, most Louisiana kids that are considering FSU and LSU, they go to LSU. And, you know, I think they got an offensive lineman that's going to announce for, uh, you know, his decision, I think, today or tomorrow and probably going to be LSU. I don't think there's a guy. I think the most important prospect, I think, that I know so far is, is Hakeem Williams that's going to visit there this weekend. He's going to be on the FSU side. That's important. That tells you a lot. He's using his own money or family's money or whoever's money in this family to come over there for the trip. I know, yeah, FSU did give him a ticket, but the fact that he's going speaks volumes. And I've heard a lot of strong buzz just about FSU that I told you this the last time I was on that I felt like FSU was a, a really strong factor in this race with, with Hakeem. And certainly so this game will impact him. But also you have two guys on the LSU side and Shelton Sampson and also Jalen Brown, who are expected to be there for the game. So uh, our possible, I know I know Shelton will likely be there, but I don't, I'm not sure Jalen. But both of those guys are committed to LSU. But I was told, like, if FSU wins, like, look out for FSU to, at the very least, with Jalen Brown catches interest. Uh, so I think a lot of kids are waiting to see kind of – Where okay, FSU's at, yeah. Yeah. The, the last week was – about as perfect, I think, as you could do. You're you're supposed to kick the crap out of that team. They did that. They didn't show a lot. They went out there and executed it pretty flawlessly as far as uh, – except for the Rodemaker pick. But I think overall, that was kind of what recruits wanted to see. We put up our recruit reactions. You could tell that with the recruits that they were seeing, like, hey, these dudes look fun. They, they look exciting. But now is the test. Now is the time where you're playing LSU – they got good players just like you got good players. So now we're going to see kind of where they sit, and I think it would be a massive uh, push for recruiting if they win that game. Yeah, and Michael, I think if we were being honest for people who, let's say, only follow recruiting casually, you know, it's not their job like it is yours or uh, even mine to at least have an idea of where we rank in recruiting, where LSU ranks. Bottom line is if we're looking big picture the last three years, LSU, well, that's five, seven years. LSU has out-recruited Florida State, to say the mm -hmm. least. They they still have a ton of talent over there. Right. They do. And it's it's a school that does really well. And anytime and, – and we've seen this with a lot of schools, you know, whether it's Florida, Miami, 
Uh, certainly LSU, you get a new, you need to get a new coach in there. You're going to get that first year buzz. There's going to be excitement because everyone's excited about that first year because they think you're getting ready to uh, turn it around right away. Uh, so, but LSU's always recruited pretty well, no matter what coach is there, whether it's Edo or, or now Brian Kelly, I think uh, the program itself being in the SEC, being a team that uh, attracts, you know, recruits just the feeling when you're in Tiger Stadium, the feeling just around that program is certainly an attractive thing. And, you know, SEC uh, certainly sells what it sells uh, from from a lot of those schools. But, um, you know, people I like to a lot of people forget this team's only like a few years removed from, you know, a national title. You know, so, uh, you know, even though that was a perfect storm, but I think LSU is still a premier program, despite what, uh, you know, last year showed as far as uh, the record. Yeah, they got a ton of talent, and everybody knows that if Florida State could get this win, you're right, maybe turning heads would be absolutely huge. Quick question for you, Blake Nicholson. I've mm-hmm. uh, been waiting on this. I'm getting a little <laughs> frustrated, Michael. What are we waiting on here? What the hell's going on with the linebacker? Uh, I thought this would be done by now. What do I know? You're the expert. Talk to me. <laughs> well, I mean, the time frame that Blake's always told me is, you know, the last week of August, or which we're in, or – the first week of September, that's that's kind of the time frame he wanted to do it. I think a lot of that's probably, this is just my guess. I mean, Blake hasn't told me this personally, but probably just to see kind of what these the two teams look like, who I think it's Oregon, FSU. I think, uh, I, I think he was very impressed. For those that read my recruit reaction, he was in there. He was very impressed. He watched the, it uh, seemed like he watched the majority of the game, which, which intrigued me because it's like that's against a, uh, kind of a crap opponent and two they had a delay in the game a weather delay so he sat around the fact that he wanted to watch that so I think it's more so you know he probably just wants to watch the games and get a feel for it um there's been no reason but it's around the time frame that Blake's always told me uh Jeff I still feel good about my pick I would not change it um I feel I feel solidly about that FSU is going to you know, to be, I haven't heard anything, any new developments. That's kind of what you worry about when things drag a little bit longer, slightly longer than, than you probably think. I think that's what immediately the, the fan in us, I guess, yeah. thinks uh, as yeah. far as uh, and for a good well, reason, Michael, we've been yeah. burned. <laughs> yeah. What's screwing up? What's going on? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, what, what's going on? I, I haven't heard anything as far as change. I haven't heard a change in FSU's confidence. So, but it does, I know it makes people uneasy, but that's kind of what I have on, on Blake Nicholson. But that's kind of my vibe, I feel, that he wants to watch these teams first. Final thing, Michael, I am curious about this. I think the fan base, the alumni, the boosters, anybody that has any interest in Florida State understands the game of recruiting has changed dramatically. A lot of it does have to do with what you can provide through the NIL, and we have to be careful mm-hmm. how we word these things and these entities and collectives and all of that. But we do know, I want you to just kind of cursory, 10,000-yard uh, stare, tell me, is Florida State a lot better off now than they were six months ago than they were a year ago? It seems to me like they've got their ducks in a better row here with the NIL and the ability to identify guys that maybe they need to show they can they can compete. They can compete with other schools who have an awful lot to offer. Yeah, I think they're doing very well. Um, I won't get into specific numbers because <laughs> I, right, right. I don't want to get in trouble, but uh, I think they're doing really well. Uh, you know, you, when you when you out – work or whatever you want to word that uh with a guy like lucas simmons who tennessee was involved with we know tennessee is not afraid uh with the nil to look, throw down the throw down the gauntlet so i think there and then shelton sampson i i 
just I'll put it, I won't put numbers, but I will say FSU's NIL was just as good as LSU's. Like, so it was really good. I mean, they're, they've been very strong in this area. Now, there's going to be certain teams that, you know, there's going to be a few in there that, that just going to throw astronomical numbers. But I think they are such a, a much more comfortable place now where they know what works. They know what works with each one. They do the research. They're really detailed as far as the communication. They don't, it's not like a situation when they wait till, oh, FSU's hosting a kid, and then they start talking. I mean, they're, NIL is very involved with these guys, even but way before they even visit. So the preparation, the organization with the NIL, I think is very active uh, in a much, much better, probably 180 compared to what they were, I think, a year ago, like you mentioned. It was just, we heard nothing. It was just like crickets. Yeah, it was scary as what it was, and that's why I asked you the question. I wanted you – I know you cover recruiting on a daily basis for us on Warchant.com. You're our lead recruiting analyst. Yeah. I'd heard good things, but I thought, well, Michael needs to tell the people because he's in the trenches on a daily basis yeah. talking to players, talking to parents, uh, talking to coaches, uh, you know, the organizations throughout the state and throughout the southeast. So I wanted to be sure that that was still trending upward. Sounds yeah. like it is. Good, sir. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the insight. As always, be well. Enjoy the game. We'll talk again soon. Have fun in NOLA. Okay, brother. I will. Take care. That's All Michael right. Langston. He's the lead recruiting recruiting analyst for Warchant.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Warchant.com. You get all of this for just a buck. Just a buck, all of our experts, all of our game coverage. Another reminder, I don't have to tell you, but let's lay out the list of the gazillion things we've got coming for you for this big game against LSU. First of all, it's the meet and greet. That is Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. at the Howland Wolf and Den. We will be there from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Who knows, may linger a little bit longer. College football going to be on the televisions. Cold drinks, full menu of food, so everybody can come by. That's 907 St. Peter Street. Then, of course, we've got the pregame show. Uh, on 6.30, I should say, at 6.30 on the day of the game. Uh, myself, Tom Lang, and others watch along happening at 7.30 Eastern time, and then the postgame show comes 10 to 15 minutes after the conclusion of the game. I know everybody will have a lot to say, and you get all of this for a buck. And the next morning when you get up, you get the articles, the interviews, and everything else. Go sign up now. It's just a dollar. Appreciate you all. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Just like that, it is over. All that's left to do is a pregame show, in-game show, post-game show, and celebration of football. That's the lineup really quick as we sign off. Pre-game show will be 6.30, watch along 7.30, post-game show, just uh, 10 to 15 minutes after Florida State and LSU concludes. 
For those of you making your way to New Orleans, don't forget, we'll be at the Howling Wolf on Saturday. That's 907 St. Peter's Street, 2 to 5 p.m. Just a, a meet and greet, hang out, have a cold one, and watch some football. That's what we'll be doing for a few hours there at the Howling Wolf and Den. Look forward to seeing you if you're going to make your way over there. Be safe, everybody. Safe travels. Have a good time. Our thanks, obviously, uh, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, Matt Moscona, upon further review, 104.5 ESPN Radio there in Louisiana. And Michael Langston, of course, whom you just heard from, doing a great job covering recruiting for us. A lot on the line here, T. Lizzie, but we've got to get to Probables. Let's thank our friends at Tulula. Now sponsoring said Probables. A reminder to all you guys that uh, their stock there at Tulula, uh, the latest and greatest Delta 8, THC vapes, edibles, gummies, menu of Delta 9 drink flavors on tap, all that good stuff. Local vape superstore with the largest selection of vape products in the entire city. Largest selection of CBD products for your pets. If they have problems with anxiety, you, you, if you have problems with anxiety, go see the ladies at Tallulah. Three convenient locations in Tallahassee. Railroad Square, where you can do the little floating pod. Get you a little floating pod. Market Street next to Momo's Pizza and Bannerman Crossing as well. So no shortage of locales, good sir. Yeah, I wonder if Adam Gase ever made his way to Tallulah. Uh, I think it would help him a lot. Given he that needs it. Anxiety. You brought up that word. And when, when I hear the word anxiety, I picture Adam Gase at a press conference. I picture Florida State fan base optimistic that we're going to get a win, but filled with anxiety that we're not. Because it's been a while since we've had a big one. This would qualify as a pretty big one. Cue it up, buddy. Let's do some problems. Cue that music. I know that we can't get to the uh, liner. Uh, how you say? We'll do that. There you go. I did it for you. Now, fire away. Buckos are going to throw a bum. That's what it says on the sheet. It's a bum. TBD for the Blue Jays. Uh, Luis Sessa for the Reds. Rockies, TBD, A's. Or We're late in the year. All the call-ups, all the stuff's going on. People aren't sure. Dean Creamer is going to start for the Orioles. The A's are still figuring it out. Drew Hutchinson pitching for the Tigers. Drew's 2-7 with a 401. The Royals, TBD. Mariners, Guardians, Luis Castillo, Zach Plezak. Tommy, your Mets are taking on the Nationals this weekend. What's the uh, what's the slate look like? They're not sure just yet, or at least they haven't announced at the time we're doing this. It'll be Peterson or Cookie Carrasco, so we'll see. It depends on if Carrasco can come off the disabled list. Or, sorry, the injured list. I.L., not the deal. Rangers, Red Sox, Dallas Keuchel, Nick Pavetta. Big series between the Yankees and the Rays. It's getting a little dicey, Yankee fans. Getting a little, you a little nervous, getting a little dicey? Maybe Domingo Harmon will help you? Rays will throw the kitchen sink. Marlins, Braves, Sandy Alcantara, Braves still deciding. Twins, White Sox, Sonny Gray, Davis, Martin, Cubs, Cardinals, Adrian Sampson, Jordan Montgomery. Jump down here to the Padres and the Dodgers. You Darvish getting the start for the Padres. Dodgers still undecided. Phillies, Giants, that's Kyle Gibson, Alex Cobb, Brewers, D-backs, Eric Lauer, Zach Davies. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Hey, thanks so much for listening all week long. It's been great. Uh, tune into the coverage there in uh, New Orleans. We will be there. We're there right now at the time that you're listening and watching this. Tom, dance away. We'll say goodbye. Don't forget, it's just a buck. It's a dollar. Sign up, warchant.com today for the best coverage this weekend of Florida State, LSU, and throughout the rest of the year. Take care, everybody. Go to Oles. Talk soon. <laughs>